0: I'm glad to be a part of the Church of the Lord Jesus Christ this morning. Amen. Amen. I want you to notice I didn't say I was glad to be in church. I am, but I'm part, I'm glad, I'm proud. I'm thrilled to be a part of the church this morning. Matthew chapter 16, beginning in verse 13. says, When Jesus came into the region of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, saying, Who do men say that I, the Son of Man, am? So they said, Some say you're John the Baptist, some Elijah, and others Jeremiah, or one of the prophets, he said to them, but who do you say that I am? Simon Peter answered and said, You are the Christ, the Son of the living God. And Jesus answered and said to him, Blessed are you, Simon Barjona. For flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father who is in heaven. And I say to you that you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church. And the gates of Hades, or the gates of hell, shall not prevail against it. And I will give you the keys of the kingdom. And whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. And whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. Upon this rock, I will build my church. That's the rock of Peter's confession. The rock is not built on Peter. The church is not built on Peter. Scripture says that Jesus is the chief cornerstone. The church is built on, it was Peter's confession that you are the Christ the Anointed One, the Son of the Living God. On this rock, I will build my church. I came to talk to you this morning about His church. We'll turn to Revelation 2 in just a sec or 3 in just a second, but there's some things we need to hear afresh and anew this morning. Somebody, are you here? There are things that we need to hear fresh and new. In 2023. In Matthew chapter six, 16. In verse 18. Is the very first time. That the word church is used. In the entirety of the word of God. And it's Jesus's idea. And it belongs to him. Upon this rock, I, that's Jesus, will build my church. The church is his idea. Y'all are asleep in southeast Texas this morning. The church, the ecclesia, the called out of God. Let me tell you a few things about the prophets did not see the church. Did you know that? They say they saw all the way until the, the millennial reign and beyond. Daniel saw it. Ezekiel saw it. They saw, they saw, they saw his coming. They saw his death burial and resurrection. Isaiah certainly did. The psalmist did. They saw him reigning with a rod of iron through the millennial reign. They saw the defeat of the enemy. The prophets never saw the church. You can literally say they never saw it coming. (laughs) Upon this rock I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Now most of us today see that as as hell is turned loose and the church is fighting to hold its own. That's not the idea at all. It's not that the certainly hell is turned loose on earth, certainly we live in a fallen world, certainly it's waxing worse and worse, as the Bible said it would do, but the church is not in a hold, it's not in a hold the fort position. You hear me this morning. The church is the most powerful agent on the face of the earth today. It's more powerful than Washington. It's more powerful than the United Nations. It's more powerful than a nuclear weapon. It's more powerful than all the devils of hell. The church is his idea. The church is not a building. It is not a denomination. Although the church meets in buildings all over the world. Every time I hear somebody say the church is not a building. I said, yeah that's your excuse not to go. The church meets all over the world. Well, they didn't have a building in the first century. They didn't have any money. I'm already, some of you are already nervous because I'm already walking down your aisle. They didn't have air conditioners either. Cars to drive in to get there that kept them... Cool in the summer and warm in the winter, and kept the rain off. To drive up to the covered parking to get in. Somebody, come on! I've said it before. It takes 190 gallons to baptize a saint in water. It takes nine drops of rain to keep them out of church. <laughs> The church belongs to him. And he is the builder. And hear me, the the psalmist wrote it this way. Unless the Lord builds the house, he that builds it labors in vain. All over America and the world today, there are men that are laboring in vain. They're building personal kingdoms. And man-made measures of success. Hear me. Let's clarify some things. When we talk about the church, we're not talking about anything that has a headquarters. The headquarters of the church is in the New Jerusalem. That will be coming down as a bride adorned for her husband. (laughs) The church... Jesus Christ, let me help you with church this morning. Jesus Christ died to put you in the church. Church is not membership. It's not religion. It is the body of Christ. Hear me. Hear me good. You cannot love the head that is Jesus Christ and hate the body. It is not possible. So I'll say it again. You cannot love the head. I love Jesus, but I don't go to church. Listen to me. You cannot love the head and hate the body. It's not possible. Some people preach that the church is the hope of the world. Hear me. Jesus Christ is the hope of the world. And to be in the church, to be in the church, you go through Jesus Christ. You say, Well, I'm in the church today. No, you are in a building at 11477 Highway 12. You may be in this building and be in the church, you may be in this building and not be in the church. Because to be in the church, you have to be in Christ. And to be in Christ, you have to be a new creation. And to be a new creation, you have to die to yourself, repent of your sins, and turn to a living Savior who will bring you in to the body of Christ. The church is not the means of salvation. The church is a fellowship of the saved. The church doesn't save you, but you must be saved to belong to the church. Salvation is the entrance to the church. The church is not the entrance to salvation. Hear me. That's right. That's right. The church was his idea. Because you know some of the reasons why? Because one can put a thousand to flight. Two can put 10,000 to flight. So what can 100 do? What can 200 do? What can 300 do? What can 3,000 do? What can 5,000? On the day of Pentecost, 3,000 people got saved, become part of the church. The church was born on the day of Pentecost. And when the day of Pentecost came, they turned, 120 people changed the world in days because they became the body of Christ. few weeks ago I talked to you about the Laodicean church and, and how that everything is fine we got everything we need we're rich in Christian goods and in need of nothing but I say you're blind, you're poor, you're wretched and you're naked there are things called the church that are no longer serve as a church Because oh. hmm. I'll remind you to the Laodicean church To the others he said, I'll write to the church at Pamphylia or Pergamus, or Smyrna, Philadelphia, Ephesus. When he got to the Laodicean church, he didn't write to the church at Laodicea. He wrote to the church of the Laodiceans. And Jesus was on the outside knocking on the door. If he's not in, it's not his. If he's not in, it's not his. And if you're not in his church, you're not his. Oh. Mm-hmm. A lot of misconceptions about the church today. Some people associate church with, with silver and gold and palaces and walled cities and papal visits and, 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 and or, ornate buildings. That's not the church. Some people associate church with, with hierarchy and top-down management. The only top at the church is the head, Jesus Christ. That's right. That's right. Some people uh, associate the church uh, as an organization. Hear me. The church is an organism, not an organization. It's a living wonder. It can be organized. In fact, 1 Corinthians, when he wrote in chapter 12 about what the gifts of the Spirit were, in chapter 13 that they operate in love, chapter 14 was how they operate in order, in order, that's organization, in the church. The church is the people of God, the people of Christ, in Christ, presented to God as the body of Christ. The church is called out. The word literally means, hear me. The word literally means, the word church ecclesia literally means the called out ones. That's why Paul could write that come out from among them. He's talking about the world. Come out from among them and be separate. And touch not the unclean thing and I will receive you hear me we are in this world the Bible says but we're not of this world oh there's a lot of things that need to be said there we got people trying to isolate themselves and not have any interaction that's not what this book advocates in fact it tells you listen, listen to me Church of the living God. He didn't call on us to isolate ourselves and circle the wagons and not be in the world. He said, you are in this world, but you're not of this world. In fact, if you isolate yourself, you've got a problem with the Great Commission because the commission is to go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. You can't, you can't, you can't encapsulate yourself in a cocoon. Even in the hardest times, governments have tried to stomp it out. Marxism said that the church would be in the dustbins of history. Today Karl Marx and Lenin are in their tombs, but the church is alive and well. When, when the atheists said that the Bibles would be out of print, today his, his home was a printing press for, for, the, for Bibles in the, in the French language today. John Lennon wants declared themselves the Beatles to be more popular than Jesus Christ. And today he's in his tomb and Jesus Christ is still alive and well. And the church is still doing fine. Sometimes it seems like we're backed into a corner. But I'm going to tell you that the gates of hell shall not prevail against the church. There's people trying to preach today in full gospel pulpits if they don't believe there's another move of God coming to the, to the earth. I have that deep Greek word that I like to use ever now and again. That is baloney. I believe that the move of God is past. I believe that the Azusa was the last of it. I believe that there might be here and there. That is not what this word of God says. He says, in the last days I will pour out of my spirit upon all flesh. But here's the thing, because right now the church seems pushed back. But I got news. The church is about to rise up. How do I know that? Because he said he's coming for a, for a, for a powerful church. A glorious church. Without, he's not coming for a church that is circled the way, waving the white flag, looking for the way out, and barely getting by. He is coming for a powerful and glorious church that is doing His work in these last days. The church is the bride of Christ. The church is a spiritual fellowship. Hear me. The church is an army, and it's His army. How do I know it's an army? Because Paul told us that we don't do warfare like everybody else. That the weapons of our warfare are not fleshy. They're mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. Then he goes on to tell us to put on the whole armor of God. Why would we need armor if we wasn't an army? I'm going to tell you we have a helmet of salvation. Feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of truth. We have a a breastplate of righteousness. We have our loins girt about with truth. We have above all the shield of faith and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. That sounds like a soldier to me. Paul told us to endure hardship. How? As a good soldier. And I, by the way, when it's all said and done, he, John the Revelator wrote, I saw him coming on a white horse. <laughs> you know who that is, but it says with him were the armies of God. Who do you think that is? It's the church of the Lord Jesus Christ. We are the army of God, the body of Christ, and we are the pillars that are holding this whole thing up. Do you know that? That the body of Christ is who's keeping this world from coming apart at the seams, literally. We lose sight of some things occasionally because I love when we can see what we are doing. I love when you can see what the, God, the body of Christ is doing powerfully. I love that. Who does it? But there's times in this in this thing that you have to understand something. We will never know on this side of heaven what the body of Christ has prevented. I want you to think about that really hard. Right now, the body of Christ is who's holding this whole thing together. That's why when we are removed, that all hell literally breaks loose on the earth. There's some people think it's the Holy Spirit that's being removed. That's not true. The Holy Spirit came to remain. The Holy Spirit is God. Where when the world would He go? I know that after rapture, during the tribulation, that the Bible says that, that men by the, by the scores, an, un- an innumerable number, are going to get saved During the tribulation period. I got news for you. Nobody's getting saved unless the Holy Spirit bring them to God. The Holy Spirit's not going anywhere. When he that let is removed, it's not the Holy Spirit. It is the church, the body of Christ. Whenever the body of Christ is no longer running interference between heaven and earth in this world, all hell is going to break loose in this place. Today, the body of Christ is what's holding this whole thing together. Whether it be in America, in Africa, in Europe, in Asia, the body of Christ is, is, is universal. <laughs> we got to remember who we are. We're the church of the living God, the body of Christ. You say, I don't need the church, then you haven't been introduced to the head. I didn't run out of things to say, I just want you to think about that. (laughs) The church is God's choice to spread the gospel. Revelation chapter 3 let me read the other final church the church of Philadelphia a lot of it matches what Jesus just said to Peter Revelation chapter 3 verse 7 to the angel of the church of Philadelphia write can I just go ahead and tell you That he's not writing to a created being, the angel of the church. That's that's poetic language. The messenger, he's he's writing to the pastor of the church. In red in your Bible, these things say says he who is holy, he who is true, he who has the key of David. Listen to me, he who opens and no one shuts, and and shuts and no one opens, I know your works. See, I have set before you an open door that no one can shut it. For you have little strength have kept my word have not defiled my name indeed i will make those of the synagogue of satan who say they are jews and are not but lie indeed i will make them come and worship before your feet and to know that i have loved you he's talking about the church because here's the answer the reason are you with me because you have kept my command to persevere church keep his command and persevere I also will keep you from the hour of trial was this upon the whole world to test those who dwell in the earth listen to me I'm telling you the hour of testing is at hand Behold, I come quickly. Hold fast what you have, that no one may take your crown. He who overcomes, who? He who does what? He who overcomes, I will make him a pillar in the temple of my God. And he shall go out no more. I will write to him, I will write on him the name of my God and the name of the city of God, the new Jerusalem, which comes down out of heaven from my God. And I will write to him my new name, on him my new name. He who has an ear, let him hear. I told you a few weeks ago that the churches of Revelation 2, 3, and 3 were churches Real churches, actual churches at the time in Asia Minor. They represented the, what was going on. Then, uh, what, what was going on in every church was literal. So he was literally writing to the churches, literally at that time. But they also re- re- represent the entirety of the church age, from the time of the of Acts chapter two. All the way until the time that death is defeated. Satan is thrown into the pit. And that the new Jerusalem comes down. That's the church age. And they also are in order of church history. Lest you didn't know that. If you weren't here a few weeks ago. We talked about the last church. The, last, the, the, the apostate church but at the same time as the apostate church is the faithful church. Not everything that calls itself a church is of the body of Christ. Hear me. Not everything that calls itself a church is of the body of Christ. To the Laodicean church he made the cry to let him back in. They had the opportunity. But he's speaking to the faithful church. Today I'm speaking to the faithful church. I'll go ahead and address a few more things that gets thrown out there. It's always excuses. It's always biblically illiterate and uninformed. (laughs) (laughs) Biblically illiterate. And uninformed. You know how important that is? I need to come on down here a minute. Any idea you have about Jesus Christ, about God, about anything of God, or about the church that doesn't come from His Word. Is errant, scripturally illiterate, and uninformed. You people discuss all the time about, well, I think God does this, and I think the church does that, and I think Jesus is this. Everybody's got their own idea, right? I always have one question in those circumstances some of you here already know what it is oh that's what you think based on what based on what well it's just how I think God is it don't matter how you think God is God's, God's not defined by you God's not defined by what you think about him He's so far beyond you. His ways are above my ways. His thoughts are above my thoughts and yours. As high as the heavens are above the earth. That's how high his thoughts are above mine. And above yours. Well, that's what my grandma told me. Well, I don't know if you heard grandma all right, but that's not what the word said. I love Mamma. But mamaw's not the authority on who God is or what the church is or what's true and what's right. The Word of God is. Hmm. (laughs) I'm a Christian and in the Word. And I don't believe you have to be in church to be a Christian. That tells me that you're not a Christian and you're not in the Word. Because if you were a Christian and in the Word, you would know that, uh, that if, you are, if you are a born-again believer, you're in the church. That's right. That's right. That's right. And the writer of Hebrews told us that especially as you get closer to the, to the day, he said, forsake not the assembling of yourself together. Who's the, who's the you and yourself? He's talking to the church, the body of Christ, to forsake not the assembling of yourself together. It says, even more. Now, oh, I'm about to pick on some things. About to pick on some things. I remember when I used to go to church more than I slept. <laughs> <laughs> Now we're doing less and less because we need less and less. But he said we should go into more and more. Yeah, that's exactly right. That's exactly right. Oh, it's not always in an assembly like this. <laughs> but it will gather somewhere. I've got I've got all kinds of time this morning, so if you're already getting restless, you, you you've either never been there before or you forgot who I am. <laughs> I, I take time to deal with stuff. Amen. Real stuff. Paul described the body of Christ when he he described it as a body. And he talked about that one part of the body is no more important than the other parts of the body. Everybody wants to be eyes and ears and nobody wants to be a toe. But I got news for you, toes hold you up. I know people's lost their big toe. That's all, just their big toe. You know what they had to do? Learn how to walk again. You know why? Because that toe, turns out, was important. If you don't think that toe is important, get you, run, it into a, run it into the door facing in the middle of the night in the dark. That little one on the end. That, you know, the least, the, the least relevant of all of them. Run that dude about 45 degrees into a door facing in the middle of the night. I know one thing, you'll find out what's in you. Because out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. You find out when you get squeezed. Yep. You find out, was that toe important? Shall the hand say the foot, I have no need of thee. What's he talking about? The body of Christ. I've never seen anybody... Mm -mm -mm. Man, I'm dealing with, with some stuff in the room and later. I've never seen anybody have a body part removed that was ever any use to them again. Oh, it could be a limb, something like that, from an accident or whatever. Uh, you know, not, nobody's ever, I don't know of anybody that's ever asked to keep their amputated leg. Right. Oh, they might because they're some kind of weirdo freak. But I'm talking about to be useful. I've seen people... I I guess I've seen people when they got gallbladders and stuff removed, the doctor showed it to them. I don't know if that was necessary. (laughs) But they didn't ask to keep it. Why? Because once it's separated from the body, it's of no use to anybody. You know what? It has no life and it has no contribution. Oh. Paul described the people of the church as the body of Christ. I already told you, you can't love the head and hate the body. Mm. That'd be kind of strange. You know, anybody I've ever seen, I've read about people that, that cut, the, cut their own appendages off. You know, you know why? Because there's something wrong with them. God's going to say, nobody cuts their own hand off. Nobody I've seen some of those people do that. You know what? There's something wrong with them. That's not, that's not normal. Oh, it makes me want to rabbit trail and tell you people going around cutting things off and adding things too. that ain't normal. Right. Yeah, I'm talking about exactly what you're thinking. Yeah. That ain't normal. Right. It's an indication something's really bad wrong. Right. Something bad wrong. The church is the body of Christ. Mm. I spoke, dissect a little more. Like Sister Tennyson, it gets quiet. I said, but you know, people don't usually talk during surgery. That's what she likes. said. (laughs) Well, the church has done me wrong. The church has treated me wrong. No, no, sir. No, ma'am. There's been a lot of things done in the name of God, in the name of Jesus. And by the, and the name of the, the church, the inst that have done a lot of people wrong. But the good body of Christ has never done anybody wrong. Right. 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 All the institutions are responsible for more murder. Yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. 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 Oh, over there in Revelation. Chapter 12 or 13 or so. It talks about a woman that rides the beast. That would be the institutions and the man made religions. They have names, I'll leave them out today. But the body of Christ functions with Christ. And they function together. And if you refuse somewhere, hear me. If you refuse to be a part of the body, when you you name yourself as his, eventually you'll die. But here's the other part of it. The body of Christ is not as useful and not as functional as it could be if you were in your place. Yeah. Mm. I fixed my thumb one time. Cut its nerves, its tendons, everything. Just like that. I lifted it up. They closed it up and let it heal completely. I could have just went the rest. It didn't hurt. I could have went the rest of my life that way. Wouldn't hurt a thing. Wouldn't have killed me. Wouldn't have made me sick. Wouldn't have anything. But it sure is better when it functions. You know what? To have it fixed was a process. To make it healthy again was painful. But to make it function was excruciating. But you know what? Are y'all even hearing what I'm talking about? Are you just hearing me talk about my thumb? I'm talking about the kind of excruciating where you, where you turn white and bust out in a sweat from head to toe, and you want to throw up in the floor, and you're begging them to stop. Right. And they say, well, you want it to work again, don't you? Right. Yes. You don't want it to be hurting every time the weather changes, do you? No. Do you, want, do you, do you, want, you don't want all the surgery you just done to be for nothing, do you? No. Well, then endure it. Now, sometimes becoming functional in the body of Christ, well, no, not sometimes. It's always a process, it's a procedure. And sometimes it's even painful. Mm. I'm digging a little deeper than I planned on. Because when you come a part of the body of Christ, you came in through the blood of Jesus. When you became part of the church, you came in through the blood of Jesus. It's the only way to go. It's the only way to come in. You know how I know? Because in John 10, he says, I'm the door. He says, if anybody comes over from any other way, they're a thief and they're a robber. How do I know in Revelation chapter 3, I just read you, he said, I set before you an open door. When you come into the body of Christ, you come in through Jesus by his blood. You come in to live. You come in to live. In that same same chapter, in that same same, uh, dissertation, he says, the thief comes not, but to steal, and to kill, and to destroy. He said, but I am come that you might have life and life more abundantly. He tells you that you brought out death into life. You come come into life through his death, burial, and resurrection. But let me tell you about this part. I'm talking about the church, the body of Christ, who it is, what it does, why it exists, And what makes it healthy? I tell you what makes it painful for a while. Because to live in him, you have to die to you. Do do we still even know that? Jesus is not something we add to our life like a badge on our uniform. He is the giver of life. And when we come into the body of Christ, you have to die to yourself. Paul wrote it this way to the Galatian church. He said, I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live, yet not I but Christ lives in me. For the life I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Jesus said it this way, if any man come after me. Do you ever notice that when Jesus, whenever Jesus approached people in all of his ministry, it wasn't, it wasn't prayers and it wasn't all those things. It was always one thing. Follow me. Follow me. If you're going to follow him, you'll follow him all the way to the cross. You will. If any man come after me, he must first deny himself. That right there. That. That right there. Is what makes it hard and almost impossible for some people to live for god and to be part of the body of christ he's not something you add to your life like a like a trophy you have to die to yourself take up your cross daily that's what paul said too what did paul said i die daily if any man come after me, he must deny himself, take up his cross, that's the instrument of death, and follow me. That's not easy. It goes against everything that's in you, in your sin nature. But it's where victory is won. It's where power comes. It's how and where you overcome. Your education will not cause you to overcome. Anything wrong with education? Well, not in general. I've seen people think they're educated. Brother Jackson used to say they were educated beyond the level of their intelligence. <laughs> and that happens. Your education won't. That's what the Gnostics thought. Your education won't do it. Your intellect won't do it. Your bank account won't do it. What will give you freedom, power, endurance, the ability to overcome is to die to yourself. Oh, I know why it's not preached. It's still in the Bible. Church. It's still in there. In fact, it's still the it's it's still the center piece of the Word of God. Amen. It's still it's still the must do. Oh, I I know I know why it's not preached that much anymore, particularly in this country. Because the more you have, the harder it is to give up. But it's not just talking about your things. And it's not even talking about isms and schisms. Nowadays, just preaching the Word of God and living it out, people want to call it legalism. Obedience is not legalism. Obedience is not legalism. Obedience is the highest form of worship you can give to the living God. Obedience comes because you want to, not by... I think I can say it this way there's a difference hello there's a difference between obedience and compliance somebody write that down I'm going to need it later and I'll forget it somebody tweet it so I can see it there's a difference between obedience and compliance Obedience is because you want to. Compliance is because you have to. And the consequences that come with it. I always like to use children for that. You ever told your kid or your grandchild to do something, and you could, you could see on their face everything in them didn't want to. Maybe they didn't the first time or two, and you're on your third try or whatever. I'm not even going to talk about that. <laughs> Are you hearing me? And then they did. They did it. But everything about their face, their attitude, their actions, and their behavior says, I did it. It was compliance because of the consequences that might come if I didn't. I don't know if you can, but I can tell the difference generally in obedience and compliance. He knows the difference too. Obedience comes through relationship because you trust him and you love him and you need him. Compliance comes through fear and consequences. It's religion. I think Jesus addressed that, Jeff. He said, Many will say unto me that, that on that day, Lord, Lord. Did not prophesy in your name. Did not fill in the blank in your name. And Jesus replies to them, Depart from me, you worker of iniquity. I never knew you. But what did he say to the people that obeyed? Anybody know? Well done. Well done. Thy good and faithful servant. Enter ye into the joys. to be in the faithful church, you've got to be a faithful believer. Everybody's always looking for power. You know what, that's even what drives most Christians, power. Thatcher. It is. It's why men that call themselves preachers build personal kingdoms. Why? Power. Oh, I ain't even gonna that. say. That's why dominionism and kingdom now, latter reign whatever you want to call it, is so popular today. Again, again, again. It's because it builds authority and power to a central figure every time. That's why. Somebody besides him, he's the door. To the one who opens the door, Brandon, you can come play. Mag Church, I'm talking to you. The body of Christ not the membership but the body of Christ that meets here in passing I better I better address that because people are always making those dumb excuses showing their ignorance Paul wrote to the church at Ephesus he wrote to the church at Corinth he wrote that the church at Thessalonica he wrote to the church at Colossae. He wrote. Jesus wrote to the church at Ephesus, at Pergamus, at Pamphylia, at Thyatira, at Smyrna, at Philadelphia, at Laodicea. The church, the church, meets all over the world, separate places, separate buildings sometimes under a tree sometimes it's two or three gathered out on a lot somewhere doing road work it's where the church meets but the church meets people try to tell you that if you're not having it in a house like they did in the first century that, the church, that it's not the church it's so, that's just such stupidity can I just say what it is it's just stupid they met there because it's what's available it's just stupid the church meets. Listen to me. Power comes through obedience. The church is looking for power again, but they're not looking to die. The church is looking for power again, but they don't want any persecution. The Christians, the body of Christ, is looking for influence and power again. I will tell you right now, I'm looking for influence to lead people to the, to Jesus Christ. I don't deny it. He put when he raises someone up, he, he God raised people up all through the Word. He always raises people up, and he raises people up. He raises bodies up to lead people. You, but to have the proper kind of influence, you've got to have. You got to be faithful. You got to be obedient. You got to be You got to be dying to you, and it's pro and the programs. You got to you got to be praying for the for the plan. Come on, my Church. And when you do that, the power of God comes through 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 humility and obedience, and then the power comes. And when the power comes, that's the power of the Spirit of God. He draws people. And he says to the faithful church, "Listen to me." He says, "I've set before you an open door." He says, "I'm the one that's true. I'm the one that's right." He said, "I." He said, "I'm the one that." Oh, he says, "I am the one that opens, and no man can shut. And I'm the one that shuts, and no one can open it. If God opens it, if God sets before you an open door, ain't nobody gonna shut it." All through the book of Acts, they had tried to shut them down. They had imprisoned them, persecuted them, flogged them and everything else. And every time they did it, it was like stomping hot embers in a, in a hay field. It spread everywhere. When God sets before you an open door, no man can shut it. To the faithful church, he says, I set before you an open door. And I believe with all of my heart not because I believe it, uh, well I've told you a thousand times I'll tell you again I didn't come to t- South Texas because I wanted to move to South Texas didn't even know where Mauriceville was I love being here you know why it's because where God called me to be and I plan to be that's where I am but I, I didn't come here because I, I dreamed of leaving of leaving the Ozark Mountains with grand vistas and, and beautiful views so I could come to South Texas I come because he opened the door and I believe with all of my heart that Mag Church through this ministry has an open door set before it to the Golden Triangle to the region and indeed to the world and guess what people come against you and they do they have recently that, that, that's a good thing not a bad thing they can't shut it People try to shut you down and all it does is raise you up. People try to shut you up and all it does is amplify your voice. Mac Church, I'm talking about the church this morning because we have to know what it is, who it is, how it operates, and what it's for. And who it belongs to. Doesn't belong to me. It certainly doesn't belong to the assemblies of God. It belongs to Him stand with me all over this place I believe there's an open door set before mag church you say do you believe it well it's to the church but Philadelphia was a specific church are you understanding there was a persecuted church that he didn't rebuke either but he also didn't tell them there was an open door in front of them to the faithful church there's an open door I believe that's where we're at. God's opened it. No man can shut it. You hear me? And he says, I've given, he says, I have the keys of David. He told Peter, I'll give you the keys of the kingdom. What is that? That is the authority and the power to do it. The kingdom, the kingdom, you come in through him. The kingdom belongs to him. All over this place. Heavenly Father, thank you for your word this morning. Thank you that you open it up, that you make it clear. And Lord, I pray that you've given us ears to hear, hearts to receive what you're saying to the church this morning. Lord, help us to overcome because you come quickly. Lord, empower us because we've kept your word. And we won't deny your name. In Jesus' name. All over this place. First order of business would be to ask you: are you a part of the church? That means are you born again? That doesn't mean are you on the roll here or anywhere else? It doesn't mean it doesn't mean are you baptized when you're a child or when you were an adult doesn't mean any of that are you his this morning you might say I've never heard the truth of God's gospel this morning you may say I've turned his gospel into religion today you may say I I became a part of an institution but I'm not part of him if that's you this morning would you step out and make your way to the front we're going to meet you there and we're going to pray with you and we're going to walk you to the door of the kingdom of God is that you this morning we're asking I'm not going to tarry there long. It's the most important decision you'll ever make. Young person, it's the most important decision you'll ever make. Is there one? The Mauriceville Assembly of God, I'm going to assume I'm speaking to the most powerful people on the face of the earth right now. There's more people in this room today than was on the day of Pentecost and they changed the world. I'm taking you at, do you hear what I'm doing? I'm taking you at your word. Now, are we going to walk through the door that's open and be the church? Are we going to walk through the door that's open and be the church? If that's you, why don't you step out this morning? Why don't you step out this morning? That's you this morning. Make room. If you're in the aisles, come forward where the people behind you can get in. All across this place, when you came forward, you 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 came forward and you agreed to die. Do you know that? you agreed to die to yourself you agreed to walk in obedience you've agreed to let him begin moving in your life moving and removing you know what he don't, he don't only take out the the stuff that everybody knows is junk he takes out stuff that's just of no use to him it's things that waste your time that burn your energy that waste your resources most of it's a waste yeah that's what you're agreeing to this morning All over this place. Some of you's already doing. It. I'd lift my hands. Say, why do I do that? It's the. We all know why. It's the universal sign of surrender. All over the world, they know what that means. Hands up. It's the universal sign of surrender. Now all across this place, you signing up. You didn't get drafted. You're signing up. <laughs> Tell him. Worship team just began to sing. Tell him all over this place. All over this place. What am I doing? I'm committing myself to the, to the work of God. I'm committing myself to the body of Christ. Sing it. Let the people rejoice. I'm selling out is what you're doing this morning. I've settled the question. I've settled the question. I've settled the question. Somebody here this morning, settle the question. No more, no more lukewarm. No more lukewarm. Sing it big. For the church triumphant, alive and the church sing it. That's what we're talking about. Let the people. Oh, Watch that of the question in who the question have been on the same page this morning because I pulled up some things and let the church be the church. Hear me. he says, God has always had a people. Many a foolish conqueror has made the mistake of thinking that because he had forced the church of Jesus Christ out of sight, that he had stilled its voice and snuffed out its life. But God has always Had a people that powerful current of rushing river cannot be diminished because it's forced to flow underground. The purest water is the stream that bursts crystal clear into the sunlight after it's been forced its way through solid rock. There's people all over this world that that in Iran, that in Iraq, that in China, that they have forced their way through solid rock. And you know what? When it bursts forth, it's still the church. Hear me, we're in a political environment right now where you're having to push through solid rock. But there's nothing more powerful. Let the church be the first. Many a foolish conqueror has thought that it could silence it with the blood of the saints. But God has always had a people. There's kings and kingdoms and and heretics and, and, and potentates that thought it could destroy it. But listen, God has always had a people. This morning, I could go on, but I'm telling you, I'm determined to be a part of His people. I'm determined to not be silenced. I'm determined to see the power of God in my life, in the life of this church, and in your families. I'm determined more than anything, hear me, more than anything, that there will be a current burst through in our students. I am determined. Oh, it may, they don't even like it when I say it. I don't even care. I have determined. I'm determined. I'm determined that the river of the Spirit is going to flow in our students, and it's going to—it's a game changer. I don't have time for church as usual. Let the church be the church. Are you going to be part of it? Let the church be the church.